What's up? This is the You're Not Listening to This Podcast. As always, I'm Will James. And this is not so much a podcast as kind of a rant. Um, Look, I get, I'm in like this place where I really want to find a way to distance myself from what I would consider um, sort of like abusive religious beliefs and dogma, uh, but also find a a comfort back in um, church. And an issue I'm having is there, there are no specific subjects that people always feel like there is like specific things that keep people from going. And it's always some kind of snarky judgmental thing of, Oh, you know, like uh, they don't like this rule or that rule there's some secret sin in their life or some sinful deal that they can't let go of so they walk away from church or denounce church or whatever that is and it's it's extremely dismissive and I I'm not um I'm not innocent of having used the same kind of things in my past about other people um in other denominations I come from a fairly a literal specific one, as I've said many times before on this podcast. And so um, I'm a late comer to a lot of open-minded ideas that many people have had for a long time <laughs> as me thinking that they were just uh, not as committed or as focused or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's just a really interesting thing because I think we tend to forget, and I know I'm rambling here, but we tend to forget that anytime you read a book, you're interpreting it, um, unless you wrote it. If you wrote something, you knew what you meant exactly and specifically. Uh, in every other instance where you are reading someone else's words on a page, you are applying something to that uh, that informs your understanding of those words on that page. What I mean by that is you have a perspective, a worldview that has been shaped by everything that occurred in your life leading up to the point of you picking up that book. That is why certain times you can read a book, say, in junior high, uh, that's an American classic or whatever. You read it and you kind of hate it and you're, or you don't get it. And you're like, I don't understand why they make every one of us read this throughout the years. This all seems very dumb. Then you come back to that same book because you keep missing out in conversation, uh, these random allusions to uh, these words. So you go back and you try that book again because people keep talking about how amazing it was, you know, uh, A Wrinkle in Time or 1984 or uh, whatever. And so you go back and read it again and your mind's blown. And um, the only thing that changed was time in your experiences. And now you've had these life experiences where you're like, oh, okay, now when I read those words, I understand that the author was trying to get this point across or that point across. But I for sure know that Moby Dick's not about catching a whale. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like deep down, that is not the point of the book, even though those are what that's what the book is about. It's interesting that we know that and then we forget it when we start reading the Bible and we're like, hey, I want to read this and, and uh, the people that wrote this didn't have any biases or any life experiences that might affect the way that they use their words. Whereas I get it. I get it. And I'm not, please believe me, I'm not challenging the inspiration of the Bible um, or anything like that or the inerrancy. But I, I do wonder if maybe or not we think about those terms in ways that are not 
in, in ways the Bible doesn't actually purport to to use them. Um, and so we hold it to standards that don't really make sense. And there are a lot of books that can help explain this point um, further than I am doing it right now. One particular guy I quote all the time or reference all the time is Peter Enns. He has a bunch of books. It's P-E-T-E-R, Peter, like Peter. Enns is E-N-N-S. Um, and you can read pretty much any of his stuff and kind of understand how all of that works. But, I mean, you and your sibling wouldn't describe the same event that happened with the same words or in the same ways because how you speak or what you do for a living, the way your mind functions most of the day uh, informs the, the diction you use. So the types of words you use, like I might use a legal term where someone else might not, not because it's the best word for the story being told, but because I'm a lawyer and I use them all the time or my brain thinks that way, that kind of thing like that happens. Uh, we bring in who we are. Um, that's evident in the gospel writers. The gospel stories are are all stories about Jesus, and they tell a lot of the same stories. And some of the stories that are the same story in general, in detail, are not the same. Um, or the way the story is told is not the same. Uh, like the way Matthew and Luke each delineate. Is it Matthew and Luke or Matthew and John? I'm tripping. You can check. But uh, the way they delineate the... Uh, the, the ancestry of Jesus is different. It's making different points. Like one is pointing out that he is the clear heir of Abraham and thus the conclusion and heir apparent to the covenant. Um, while another shows his delineation, keeping in mind to point out the, um, the kingship of Jesus by way of his being coming from David, from King David. And so one is making, you know, they're each making two completely different points about who this person is. One is the heir of Abraham. One is the heir of David. Now, the point ultimately is this is why this person is someone you want to pay attention to. And if you look back to your through your old scriptures, through your Torah, through your prophets, um, you can see evidences of the Messiah coming of this person I'm pointing to by way of how I tell you who he is and who he came from but through different paths. That's an interpretive choice. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying one's right, one's wrong. I'm saying the inclusion of the different things is an interpretive choice of the message being in divinely inspired to convey to the reader. That happens. So why am I ranting? Why am I so far into this without even telling you what I'm upset about? I was clicking through things on Twitter and came across uh, an article from Christianity Today, a major uh, Christian magazine publication that I don't particularly know why I still subscribe to because every now and again I read something that's really cool on there and most of the time I get upset. <laughs> uh, this particular time, I guess there was an interview with Eugene Peter Peterson, 84 years old, pastor. Uh, lots of people know who he is. He's probably most famous for having come up with the interpretation known as the message Bible, which for a lot of people, uh, the message Bible is pretty much the only reason they go to church or believe in anything in the first place, because maybe they came from a smaller, more rural, literalistic Bible belty kind of place that essentially suggested the King James version is the only way to read anything. And the King James is written in some older language and it's aggressive in its connotation a lot of times. And a lot of people 
um, you know, they come through there reading the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and are like, this is a little more heavy handed and violent than I feel like, which it's a lot of the verses aren't actually that way. Um, the translation from the old languages kind of project them that way. And Eugene Peterson, in my opinion, did a great job going through the message version and really breaking things down and showing the uh, inclusive love of God. Well, in this interview he gave, um, as he used to be a Presbyterian minister, uh, that a Presbyterian denomination has recently validated uh, homosexual marriages and are performing them in their churches and welcoming people to their congregations and married couples to their congregations that are living in Christian faith and all of that. And he was asked, you know, what his, his thoughts on it. And he gave some thoughts of just, you know, um, he had a certain mindset and over the years of doing what he's done and meeting these people uh, all around the world, he says he's come to this point where he's met a lot of loving uh, homosexual families that have a, a spiritual life that rivals even his own and a connection that, you know, he can't deny. Uh, which I thought was a beautiful thing for him to say, because that's very true. And that's a, a point of view that people tend to not understand because those that are stuck sort of in this um, Old Testament view, well, not, I shouldn't say that because it's in the New Testament too a little bit, but um, this view of homosexuality and the abomination of it, what have you. Um, most people just haven't met anyone. They haven't had a conversation and they come from these traditions where they don't believe people are born certain ways. They don't believe, they, you know, it, it's always a consequence of something. You know, someone must have got to them, turned them out, that kind of a thing. It's a bar, it's an archaic belief system, but it's a, it's one people were grown up. I grew up around that. Um, it took a long time to, for me to be like, to, I had to meet people, like I've mentioned before, um, and, and just have conversations with people. And I'm like, hey, I've, what would I feel like if someone walked up to me and said, hey, your skin being brown is a, a an abomination to God, and if you can't change that, um, you're gonna he's gonna kill you. He's gonna have no choice but to kill you, um, and everyone that looks like you. And to know that you can't change that about yourself because it is part of your genetic makeup. I am here. This is I didn't choose to be here. I am here now. This is what I look like. There's nothing I can do about that. Uh, and, and to try, you know, imagine being 12 when this happens and being told this problem and you want to love and know God and all you're told is he's just waiting. The clock is ticking down to your ultimate death and destruction and you never get past anything else. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So dude says he's met people that have made him kind of wonder about the rightness and wrongness of it all. And the follow up question was, well, if you were still pastoring and if you still ran a congregation and if there was a, a strong couple of Christian faith, but of same sex, and if they asked you to perform their marriage ceremony, would you do it? He said, yes. He got hit with a storm. Uh, Lifeway sells a bunch of books, I guess. Like They have like two million customers a year, some crazy crap like that. Anyway, they were going to pull all of his books, including the Message Bible. They weren't going to sell the Message Bible because he translated it. And that, like, that lit me off. Like, for re okay, here's the thing. I don't care where you stand on the on the argument of whether or not there is. He had to come out and reaffirm that he believes in the idea of a specific biblical uh, 
stance on marriage and that there's a biblical view of everything and that he wasn't saying that and he wouldn't do a marriage if he had to. And that, but that was to keep the books on the shelves. I mean, he, maybe he was misquoted somehow, but I mean, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. How, wherever you land on that side of the aisle, um, how would you ever feel it justified to remove the word of God from your shelves to protect the word of God? Like, if that's how you feel about it, if you really feel a certain way about the scriptures and you have this loving interpretation of them, but the person who decades ago came up with that interpretation said, hey, time has led me to reconsider some of these issues in a certain way, and now I am no longer as sure as I once was. Like, he didn't say anything further than that, honestly. It was just, I'm not 100% sold on the worldview I was given now that I've met people that challenge that word view, that worldview. And I think that was admirable to say it was disgraceful to threaten to pull that Bible off the shelves because in moments of my utmost despair, it is not the King James Version I go to grab. Without the message version of the Bible, I may not be around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, And to, to take that resource away just because of something so trivial, in my opinion, and I, I don't mean to offend by calling that trivial, um, if that offends you. Yeah, I don't care if that offends you, honestly. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, like, <laughs> it just, this whole, it's not even about the sex, and you know it, like, it's not, it's a, it's a clear-cut line, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a place where we can point to and say, hey, here's a thing that's not gray, here's black and white, and we want lists of black and white so we can know which side of the things we're on, and you know why we do that? It is not because we're trying to please God or live a Christ-like manner, we are covering our butts, CYA, that is what that is. We want clear-cut lines so we can be on the right side so that we don't die. And we are willing to let other people lose their life, their joy, their happiness, no matter where they are or who they are or where they come from or the scenarios in which they live most of their lives as long as we feel better. And there is not one thing, Christian, about that. And I don't care who you are. I am not wrong on that point. And so it just it drives me crazy because when you look back at these terms as they're written in the scripture and you start doing contextual study uh, and, and understanding uh, language, uh, how things were written at the time, what these people were talking about, homosexuality is not even a good interpretation of the words that were in the original text that are used to prove that it's an abomination almost entirely whenever it comes up. Uh, these terms are referencing uh, power differentials between adults and children and lack of consent. This is about um, ritualistic sex between like pagan priests and little boys that was being carried over from other religious practices into uh, ancient Israelite issues. Like they were, they were rooting out rape, essentially, of children. And Sodom and Gomorrah, that's what that was. It wasn't dudes trying to come have sex with dudes. It was dudes trying to come rape men that were angels, apparently. And it was about consent. And <laughs> the fact that we're like, oh, see how bad it was that um, uh, they're, they're, everyone in this town was, was, was gay. And that's why God had to destroy it. That's not what happened in that story. 
And the fact that the good guy in that story was like, here, take my daughters and rape them instead. And we don't have any problems with that. But, but I mean, just when we take things so literally and specifically, we don't read deep enough to understand the other things that are coming across in these stories. And so we pick whatever is easiest because we're dumb. I mean, we're just dumb. We're little kids, spiritually speaking, and we're afraid. And that's normal, you know, but um, keep your fear to yourself. And let people find God where they are, and God will do what God does. And if that doesn't look like what you think it should, then perhaps those verses we spout all the time of his ways are higher than our ways, and we just don't know, and no man knows the day or the hour, and we don't know. And we should probably stop acting so sure all the time, because everyone knows that we don't know, because we pick and choose the things that we enforce from these older books or newer books or whatever or what have you it's clear that we don't know and that's why people call us hypocrites and that's why we are not the shining beacon we should be because if i be lifted up i will draw all men unto me and so if people aren't coming what are you holding up if it's not jesus if it's some other kind of hateful messages or just fear-based protection of an an interpretation of the people around you that may or may not be the one true interpretation if said one true interpretation exists, which I know sounds crazy, but a lot of you don't believe in one true interpretation of anything because every Saturday or Sunday when you go sit in front of that pulpit, someone pulls up a verse and they read it to you and they tell you something about it that you've never thought about before or they tell it to you from a different angle and here's how this means this in today's world. All of that is an interpretation, which means it's open to interpretation at least to some extent so quit playing so crazy and try to be loving love 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 spread it please tired of being angry all the time when i look at stuff (laughs) so anyway i'm sorry i had to do that quick rant because i was upset taking the message bible off the show y'all should be ashamed of yourself life way eugene what's up Anyway, see you next time. Love you, even though I don't know you.